And now, The Untold Hour presents of Mary Murdered Mistress Month. Welcome to the Untold Hour. It's kind of calming. Yeah. We should do an ASMR episode. We should. I don't Do you know. like ASMR? <laughs> um, I don't enjoy the like YouTube TikTok-y videos of it. I think that's a little cheesy. Well, okay. Yes-ish. So yeah. I don't like some of the TikTok vids, but I do like the ones where it's like people mixing um, goobery uh, slime with like sprinkles and oh, glitter you like up together. That? That's I the like stuff that. I don't like. And I like people that read classical uh, stories and history books. Interesting. But and I don't, ASMR. Wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So there's this podcast that I've I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. They don't do ASMR on purpose. And I guess you can't really define oh. it as traditional ASMR. It's more just like radio voice AMS ASMR. But um it's called uh let me find it. Uh it's called it's called where my podcast. We should audio. do a weird of the week that's ASMR. Just say we have <laughs> but um yeah well i'm not finding it now but anyway it's it's just it's a like nice calming chill yeah ordering on pbs kind of you know radio station old man voices yeah it's like watching a six hour long history channel documentary yeah basically it knocks Oof. me right the fuck out and i love it you know, yet, one of my you know, some of that information does manage to stay in my brain. So when yeah. I wake up, I'm like, here, let me tell you about uh, the real um, backstory between where they think Arthur from the round table <laughs> is actually. Kept. Right. Uh, one of my most relaxing environments that I've ever experienced in my life that I still go to just mentally from time to time was my film history class mm. in uh, the year 2000. Uh, at SVA, School of Visual Arts in New York. It was in uh, one of the tiny, tiny little screening rooms. And we would watch old movies on film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, starting from, like, the the man sneezing and, like, train coming into station. Like, the first things put on film. And it was so relaxing to just sit at the back of that theater and hear that, like, of the projector. And a lot of times you'd be watching silent films. And if I picture myself sitting at the back of that theater on like a Thursday evening class in New York, watching like City Lights or something, uh, what a dream. Mm -hmm. What a dream spot. 
Oh, it's the place. It's your happy place. It's where it you is found my happy place. Your most happiest moments. It's true. And <laughs> it was back all in two thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, you poor bastard. Actually, um, how are things going? How are things going? Things are going close to the year end. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, things are going pretty good. Um, I mean, I've been on the same tip since March. You know, as far as my day to day is, I have a number of freelance jobs that I do, and I go on one hike per day, and then I come back to my house. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything outside of work in this garage, and I just have been doing that since March, so not much has changed. I mean, my projects have changed, and my what I'm working on minute to minute has changed, mm-hmm. but I've been, uh, you know, when I look, not to immediately talk about COVID, but when I see the cases that are on the rise in LA, I just, I don't know. I don't know what people are, are doing. Um Yeah, and I do recognize I'm incredibly fortunate to work from home and to be able to work from Mm -hmm. home. I mean, I'm not trying to shame anyone that's that's Mm -mm. out there in the workplace that that they cannot avoid. Um, But uh, it's just you just see these numbers and you just think people are living a different lifestyle than than a lot of people I know because most people I know have been staying home since March. Yeah, but other than that, I, uh, I I am I am well. I'm happy to see 2020 come to an end and uh, looking forward to the new year. I, uh, I've i got all my witchcraft stuff all geared up for a big see the fuck later 2020 and yeah. let 2021 in the door. Heck um, yeah. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good uh, to go on that. Um, Jess, how have you been doing? Well, let me tell you, Bowser. Jess, how have you been doing? <laughs> I've been doing well, thanks. I've been yeah. playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ooh. I tried to play Cyberpunk and stream it on the computer. It didn't quite work out the way I, I just wasn't interested in it. Like because I was playing on PC, it was actually fine. I had a few glitches, but nothing that was game breaking. But I don't know. I'm a person that gets turned off by too much hype really easily, even if yeah. the hype is deserved, which it sounds like this time it kind of was not anyway, but right. that's neither here nor there. So I need to wait until um, the vibe kind of finds me again, and then I'll give it a shot. Um, it's the same way that I approach like books and stuff where people are like, you got to read this. It's such a good book. And I'm like, nope. It's yeah. like until the gotta urge find it on your own. hits, then I'll do it. And I kind of view that as, you know, books will find you. Or And I guess you can extend that to movies and entertainment across the board now. Entertainment that's applicable to you will find you when you're ready for it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, needless to say, long story short, I gave Cyberpunk a try. I'm passing on it for right now. Or I'm at least putting it on the back burner. I'm f- getting through Valhalla, which I've really, really liked. It's like... I used to hate Assassin's Creed all the way up until um, Origins. And then I don't know, like whatever they did really freaking like locked it in for me. Mm-hmm. Now, so now I'm obsessed. Um, other than that, I'm just like hanging out with the fam, doing getting ready for the holidays, doing my uh, witchcrafty stuff, making my wax melts. Um, mm-hmm. I've got new prescriptions. So we're trying new, <laughs> trying new contacts. Like, yeah, I got a whole thing going on. 
You're not down to play cyberpunk just to try to catch a glimpse of those rogue wieners that I've been hearing about? Oh, I had rogue boobies like within minutes. <laughs> rogue within boobies. Minutes. The minute, the minute that cyberpunk with, went live, people were sending me um, their characters' accidental dick pics. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? And then I had a character where I had her, like, she was fully dressed. Like, she was, like, I had yeah. hair. Like, she was completely done. Like, and I go into my, my home in the game and I go to the bathroom and I always, me as a gamer, always see if you can see your own reflection in the mirrors. Oh, I look yeah. for two things in every video game bathroom, turds in the toilet. And if you can see your own reflection in the mirrors, yeah. it is I, every single one. Like I have to, it's like a If you asked me to guess what you check on in video games, I would guess those two things. Yes, absolutely. I guess you're looking in toilets and then you're seeing if you can see your reflection. Yeah, that's what I do. So um, I did that. Uh, My house was clean. There were no turds. But but when I looked in the mirror for the reflection of my character, they actually shift into like a, a... a first no a third person pov because the oh. game is played in first person yeah so, it's, so when you look in the mirror then it shifts into like third person and uh she was bald with no clothes on so she's wow. standing there and i was like what the fuck and i'm streaming this like i'm live streaming this oh my so gosh. i and i mean these like are, these character designs are highly accurate you know yeah. like they make them super uh super detailed and i was i was actually embarrassed like which is weird for me because i was so unprepared for that you know like i was actually trying to not be that person because so so many people streaming the game were being that person yeah i didn't want to and then of course it happened anyway so uh that that was my cyberpunk uh 2077 experience yeah but you're gonna back off it for a while yeah just because i mean pc is not that bad like it's not um it's it wouldn't kill my gameplay it's just that i just like playing i just like playing assassin's creed more Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm just gonna i'm at i'm at that age in my life where it's like i don't need to play a title for the sake of being like, I fucking played it. I'm so cool. Like, yeah. I just like, no, dude, I'm playing what I want to play these days. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Well, I thought it'd be fun, uh, since we are ending 2020, to do kind of like a quick hits of Weird of the Week. Weird of the Week. Ooh, okay. And just go through. Like throughout the year? Yeah, the top 10 weirdest, most bizarre news stories from 2020. Mm-hmm. So I've got a little list of the most bizarre. And uh, I think a lot of these we covered as they happened. Obviously, one of them is just the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's a little more than bizarre. Uh, are you ready to hear some of these? And yes, yeah. the monoliths are included, even though I don't okay. think they should be. Well, monoliths should get an honorable mention. But I don't consider that news when it's just something that's so man-made it's it i I don't know um that wasn't a an act of god well 
I mean, the Georgia Guidestones aren't, and those yeah. are man-made, and those yeah. are weird and bizarre. Yeah. So it's just because it's too soon. We're bitter sure. about it's it because we're bitter people, and it's too soon. But yeah. they should probably be in the list. So uh, first on the list is the Murder Hornets. Oh, yeah. The I Murder about Hornets those guys. that came yeah. to the U.S. Yep. Forgot about them. Yeah, they they a deadly species of hornets commonly found in Japan that can kill up to 50 people a year. They first appeared in the US in 2020. Remember when mm-hmm. everybody was freaking out about the murder hornets? We talked mm-hmm. about that on the show. We talked about that that guy who has a show where he just like stings himself over and over. Mhm. And he filmed himself getting stung by a murder hornet. I do feel like the murder hornets uh uh thunder was stolen though by everything else that happened in 2020 yeah well i didn't they have one nest show up in the states and we obliterated it yeah yeah so there it was you like go. it was like that scene in predator when they just all fire their weapons into the <laughs> into the brush uh also in 2020 which has come up a number of times on this podcast is the pentagon releasing ufo videos totally that was in April. They released three short videos showing UAPs or UFOs uh, that uh, had been privately kept by a private company. I feel like we're still feeling the waves of that, especially the people that are more yeah. embedded in that community. Yeah, uh, I feel like um, just because you and I have reached the point where we no longer really care unless somebody brings something really unique to the table at the, right. with this. Uh, right. Doesn't mean that it wasn't big news and and important. Yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, wow, we're pretty jaded. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, because even that's the images... actually really big news, and it takes a lot of guts to come forward and say that stuff. But I'm also of the mindset where I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. But what's the next step? Like, give us the next. Right. Thing. Right. I don't know. And you know, I'm looking at the images right now, and it's crazy. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's just it, it's they're more convincing images than some of the most famous images uh, that have been released of UFOs in the past. So it is wild. It's almost like whenever it became official, it also became less uh, enticing or less yeah stimulating in a way. Uh, next on the list is the monoliths. Blah, blah, blah. You put them on three? uh, I didn't place them. This is like uh, from two different websites. I'm popping between them both because one of them had too much like pop culture stuff. One of them was Mm -hmm. like, Justin Bieber got big on TikTok. I'm like, "Eh, fuck, it's not fucking bizarre 2020. Yeah. Also, who cares? I know. So um, (laughs) this this is interesting because I don't think I missed, I might have missed this term. I didn't realize that. It was the first year the National Weather Service issued a warning for a fire NATO. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the fire NATO? Yeah, I wasn't here. I was out of town, but I remember um, seeing fire NATO show up on my <laughs> on my Twitter. Wow, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty is such garbage. Twenty twenty yeah. is. I mean, it's biblical. <laughs> it really is. For like better in, in or for worse, a couple. You know, like in a thousand years when people are playing Assassin's Creed, um, um, you know, uh, 2021. Yeah. And uh, going back in time to see what it was like to live like those poor plebes back in the day, a la us. Right. They're going to be like, they're going to be like finding found objects and research papers all about the biblical, like... (laughs) 
Totally. <laughs> Swarms and destruction that we all brought down upon ourselves in the end days. Yeah. NASA referred to this storm as a fire-breathing dragon of clouds. Yeah. Wow. That's a cool, weather, that's cool, though. Yeah, the Weather Service called it a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Wow. I do remember this. I remember that NASA uh, issued a warning of an asteroid that was supposedly heading directly for Earth. And I do remember, I do remember that, but I also feel like that was so quickly dismissed because... Once again, it was explained uh, that, you know, well, but when, by the time it reached us, it would be the size of a, a pinky nail or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, then don't then why re- bother. Yeah. yeah then why then, release it that way? Yeah. I will say, I think a lot of this, not, I shouldn't say it like that. Like, obviously, these things are happening and, and they're affecting people um, in, in a negative way. But I do feel like, you know, I'm just really irritated with the media and how it's yeah. glommed on to this end of world mentality. Yeah. And I'm just over it. I'm just so I know. I know. I've had to make a, 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 a real concerted effort to listen to news that really uh, presents things in a very even keeled. And I don't mm-hmm. just mean like left or right. I mean, even keeled as far as their energy, yeah. the energy they're putting out. Like NPR yeah. is so, I mean, surprise, I surprise, even... I'm into NPR, but like, it's very, it's very calm. Every, oh, every. See, I was about to say, I've got to give up NPR. Oh, really? I find yeah. every, everybody they talk to is so like, yep, yeah, well, we'll get through this pandemic, but it's probably going to claim this many lives, but we'll see everybody bounce back in this way. And these vaccines, like, it's just very, it's, it's not as, uh, end of the worldy. It's very, calm and a lot of times they just give me numbers they don't say um they don't editorialize it and put some big crazy uh sentiment alongside of it like doom in los angeles the numbers are hot and you know they just say we are having our highest hospitalization cases since you know march of last year blah, blah blah not not last year but march i just find like i can decide what to do with the information instead of it being told to me in a way that I can only respond to it with fear and panic. With yeah. N- with NPR. I don't know. With NPR for me, it's been like, I see what you're saying. I, I listen to them. I listen to them a lot. So maybe it's that I am like catching the nuances of the presenters because I, yeah. I legit listen to it all the time. Sure. And so I feel like a lot of it is that kind of, it's like, I call it that <clears throat> I refer to it as that, like, Instagram passive aggressiveness voice where it's like, well, things are getting worse today. Uh huh. But like you said, like we can get through it. Right. But what brought us here in the first place? Right. You know, and it's just like this weird kind of like, it's calm, but like where you know somebody's also stabbing you in the back at the same time. Yeah, totally. So I just, I don't know. I just, or I'm just over it completely. And it's like the stories they report on are always the same. It's always the same thing. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't care. I just yeah. want to, I don't just want to, I just, I'm, I need a break is really what it boils down to is I just need a break. Yeah. Anyway, well, I did not mean to interrupt with that. So tell me, um, tell me, okay, so. What are we on? Fire NATO. So what's the next one? Well, it was Fire NATO. It was Asteroid. And then a a companion to Murder Hornets. I had not heard about this 
the venomous caterpillar that was found in in Virginia, Texas, that it's this weird little furry caterpillar. And guess what its name is? It's called a puss caterpillar. And it won't attack or bite, but their furry coat, if you touch it, the hairs are venomous. And it can cause a, a burning rash, intense throbbing pain that can can feel like a scorching hot knife. Some victims have uh, described it as such. So I knew about that. Oh, man. I don't remember Having... these furry puss caterpillars. Yeah. So they've always been around. Like, as far as I'm aware, they've always been around. You're supposed to always be extra careful when you're picking up, like, a furry caterpillar because they look Oof. cute. Some of them might be poisonous. Yeah. So that is essentially what this thing is. And I know uh, about this because of being out in the woods with the scientist who studies bugs. Gotcha, yeah. He told us all about that. So it's nothing really new. It sounds like they're just, you know, focusing on it because it makes a good headline and why not add to more of the garbage that is happening in 2021? Um, or I'm, t- I'm sorry, in 2020? Yeah. Um, maybe it's new for that specific area, but but those caterpillars are, it's, yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's a thing. It's um, Centipedes are some of the most you know, different than caterpillar, but like just as an example, centipedes and millip—is it centipedes or millipedes? I think it's centipedes. What are some of the most venomous? Are some of the most venomous? Let me double check because I don't want to give the wrong information. But um, but you know, just like pretty pretty standard bug stuff. Yeah. Oof. Um. And I remember this. This is this is a funny one. That uh, subway bread declared legally not bread what really you don't remember this no yeah um (laughs) an irish supreme court ruled oh by the way it's centipedes they're They're, they're the most venomous they're venomous yeah yeah i don't know if they're the most but they're venomous so them and fuzzy caterpillars so just always be careful of what bugs you're touching gotcha okay Um, so now tell me why subway bread is not bread well, because it, it, it has so much sugar in it, it cannot legally be defined as bread. I didn't um, know it had a ton of sugar in it. Yeah, I've I always thought, I kind of always that. figured that white bread in general, like like sandwich bread, is always really high in sugar anyway. Yeah, man, not as much as Subway. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then this last one, I don't. I didn't remember this at all. Do you remember the story of the mystery seeds? Mystery seeds from China were mailed across the U.S. and were reportedly found in Washington, Virginia, Utah, Kansas, Louisiana, Arizona, and Texas. And they were literally just like bags of seeds uh, sent to random people. Um, Supposedly, it was thought that they might be part of a brushing scheme. Which the uh, brushing scheme? It, it it is basically a scheme to get people to plant things that could lead to agricultural destruction. Oh, okay. So yeah. like basically, like oh hey, here's some seeds, and people might be like, yeah. oh cool, what are these? And then just plant them. And... Like invasive species, right? Okay, right. Yeah, pretty so, clever if that's the case. Yeah, totally. Uh, but nobody knows who exactly was behind it. And obviously, uh, people were instructed from the Department of Agriculture not to plant these seeds. Consider them to be kryptonite. 
they said. Um, yeah, I mean, 2020 was so weird, and I'm sure there'll be a headline next week, honestly, before it's officially 2021 that even so rivals like, some of these. For one more big jab in the guts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they got to get their views, their view count up. And real quick, just a solo weird of the week that I wanted to mention because the headline made me laugh, only because I think everybody's okay, but California man dressed as Santa gets stuck in power lines. What? Yeah, I mean, it is terrifying. I don't want to make light of the situation, but uh, a California man who was dressed like Santa Claus was flying on a powered parachute, and I imagine he was just doing it to be a friend to the community. I think he was dropping candy canes to mm-hmm. to people. But he's in like a big old kind of seated, yeah, powered parachute glider that, you know, it looks homemade. It looks dangerous. And he got caught entangled in power lines. Uh, he was not injured and he was down within an hour. But man... Thank God he wasn't electrocuted, and that guy's then, you know, dangling down over the neighborhood dressed like Santa. That's like something <laughs> out of a horror movie. Oh, that's movie. so awful when you think about it like that. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the yeah, visual is intense, bad. but at least he was, yes. he was okay. Well, now that he's okay, we can laugh about it because, wow, that would have been one hell of an image. Yeah. And can I just say, it's so... I'm so glad the show Supernatural ended because every... That's a hard random left. I know. (laughs) What? (laughs) Every, not just every week on this show, anytime I'm Googling Supernatural news, Mm -hmm. I can never actually get news on real world Supernatural events or occurrences. It is only Supernatural, the TV show, and especially (laughs) this month because of its finale, I, I I have to dig and dig to actually find news on the supernatural that isn't related to Jared Padalecki or whatever the other dude's name is. Yeah, That's all. I don't know anything about that show, I'll be honest. It's a very straightforward complaint. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad we got that taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a pretty good list. I remember most of those in this fever dream that has yeah. been the past year. Um. Yeah, you're right. Murder Hornets definitely missed out on their thunder. Yeah. Once COVID hit. For sure. Okay, well, two things. First one's really quick. I just want to throw out there that it occurred to me last week after we had recorded that we technically had found our Mary for Mary Murdered Mistresses Month because your lady was named Mary. Yeah. I was just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, And then for this week, I've got a pretty good one. I guess this will technically be our last episode of Mary Murdered Mistresses. Wow, uh, I guess so. Yeah, because it's the end of the month. So we need to come up. That's right. Yeah. We need to come up with a new theme for next month. Why don't we offer up like two options and have people choose? I agree. I'll put a poll up um, on our socials that I'll leave up for, I don't know, like a couple days. And I was thinking, tell me what you think of this. The one that I was thinking of is real life, scary lo- locations that video games, like horror oh, video games. Oh, that's interesting. So like yeah. the Silent Hills and stuff like that. Yeah, Those that's interesting. 
or like Arkham Asylum, even in the back, I guess it could be opened up to the Batman games because Arkham Asylum would have been Arkham from, but that's not actually real life, is it? What, is it like Arkham from Lovecraft? Yeah. Is that but where that they have... took that from? Yeah. I think that's where Batman took it from, but I don't know where Lovecraft came up with it. So I think that's made up from him. That's totally But it could be based option. in a real world location. Anyway, that's what I was thinking. So I've um, got one. Scary video game, scary video games based on real world locations. And then what's yours? Well, this might Let be me make a note so I can add it to our socials. This might be hard to define, but um I think there's something to like famous celebrity hauntings or celebrity supernatural experiences. You know, It'd have to be something better than this, but just I just remember that article we read about how Bobby Brown was convinced there was a ghost in his house. Uh, they'd have to have more legs than that. It couldn't just be a headline. But I just wonder if there's, um, yeah, if there's like famous, even old celebrity stories of haunting. Well, remember there was that old History Channel or Science, oh, not Science Channel, but Travel Channel maybe, Discovery Channel maybe. I don't remember. One of those channels... Where it was my celebrity ghost story. Oh, right. Yeah, my celebrity ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. I remember specifically um, Joan, Joan, not Collins, not Crawford, Joan, Uh, who's the comedian? Rivers. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers had a really good my celebrity ghost story. Yeah, about when she was living in New York. That's cool. Oh, okay. I'll make a note of that. Okay, so that's what we're doing then. Scary video games based off of potential world world locations and celebrity ghost stories. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Well, with that being said, I will put those up on social so people can vote for it. I'll leave it up for a couple of days and then we'll make our decision based off of that. Uh, before we launch into this Merry Murdered Mistresses Month end of the year close closer, um, we probably should include this at the top of all of our podcasts, honestly. But this one has a little bit extra stuff happening, so Some I'm going to say, yeah. if you have sensitivities towards murder or suicide, this might be one you want to avoid. So, uh, so yeah, let's just launch into okay. it. So we've got. This is actually a somewhat recent one. So uh, 2020 actually did a um, long special slash episode on this that I think you can watch on Hulu or also catch on YouTube or their own streaming service, which I believe is ABC or NBC. I don't know. Anyway, one of those. But um, you can definitely find it on Hulu and it's the 2020 uh, stuff that they do. Okay. This occurred, I think, in 2018, so it's relatively recent, and uh, and it's not really, it's not really as mysterious as our other ones have been. It's just unique in the sense that you don't usually have the murderer turn out this way. Okay, I will. Say it like that without spoiling it so that we can get into it. Okay. So we've got three people that are involved in this. There is Janair 
and apologies if I'm saying the last name incorrectly, uh, Gerardot or Gerardot. I actually did listen to the 2020 article, but I, for whatever reason, have an impo I, it's impossible for me to pronounce this correctly. So there's Janair, her husband, Mark, Gerardot, and then Meredith Chapman, who is considered the other woman. Okay. Which gives you enough intro right there that Mark and Meredith are having an affair. So, um, Janair and Mark have been married for 20 plus years. They're in their like mid forties at this point. Both of them were marketers. I bring that up specifically because it comes into play here in okay. a little bit. Um, for, you know, it seems like it's a pretty, like reading between the lines, listening to a bit of the 2020, um, show that I could catch and then also some of the articles because there's articles all over the place but they don't really give you too much in-depth story because it seems like the articles you find online are in order to kind of promote the show so they don't oh, give right. you too much information but there's um some that are better than others anyway long story short so they're in their 40s they've been married for 20 something years um you know by all uh accounts it was a relatively happy normal marriage you know like they really they were truly in love when they were younger and it's it, they never ended up having kids but you know they had a, a close-knit relationship and um but then they hit on some hard times where Janaire lost her job and couldn't really land another one okay and she and i understand this thought process she was so her identity was so wrapped up in her work and what she was able to accomplish and be independent was that when that was taken away from her, she really struggled. She had yeah. a hard time with that. So she's kind of mentally in a bad place during this time in their lives anyway, because she's essentially had the rug pulled out from under her. You know, it's hard to get restarted when you're in your forties and you know, she's, she's not landing the jobs that she thinks she deserves and she doesn't really understand why. So she's not thrilled right now. Mark then decides to take on a job at this, um, at the University of Delaware as the creative director because of that, like they need income. Um, they are currently, I think when he takes that job, he's living in South Carolina with um, Janair and he has to move for this work. And this is the opportunity to pull them back on their feet. And that's just the way it, it's gotta be. Mm -hmm. So, Mark gets this job as the creative director at the University of Delaware, and he gets hired by this woman named Meredith. Meredith uh, is in her mid, early to mid thirties. Um, she is also in marketing. She was a former TV host and um, was married to a very um, prominent guy in local politics out there. But they they were married, I think, for nine years. But the last three, it was essentially like not really a marriage they were living apart they just hadn't gotten divorced yet i don't think it was um it wasn't uh, uh it wasn't a bad divorce that they were working through it was just like it was one of those where it's like they got along so well that it was like we don't need to we're not going to be nasty and rush this just for the sake of getting it like yeah you know it just seems like it was if you're going to get divorced it's as amicable as it could have been right for her but so she is technically still married. Okay. But she's been living apart as a single woman, essentially, in her own place for the last three years. So she hires 
um, mark for this position at the university because Meredith is also working at the university within the university's marketing department. Mm -hmm. So Mark states that the affair began and Janair became suspicious when Mark moved from South Carolina for his new job and he left Janair behind in South Carolina to either, either sell or lease out their old home before she was going to then move and be with him. Yeah. So she's staying behind uh, for a short bit while she's getting their affairs in order. <laughs> affairs, no pun intended. Uh -huh. Their affairs in order back at their old place. He's moving to University of Delaware. He meets... Um, he meets uh meredith, meredith. and they kind of just really hit it off like <laughs> it like this it's is an affair an right away not right away but short pretty quickly and yeah. and it sounds as if they legit love each other like oh, this okay. is an this is an affair where they truly fall in love yeah like it's and it's almost more unfortunate that way because there's no one to really pin the bad guy or bad girl moniker on. Yeah. Because when you hear him talking and when you hear other people talking about Meredith and their relationship and the relationship that he had with his wife at the time, uh, Janair, you realize that it's one of those situations where it's like these adults just that like grew apart and he just happened to be at the right place at the right time in the sense of he found a new soulmate yeah. who he truly loved. Mm. And so did Meredith, you know, yeah. like it's an awkward, it's awkward. Like, should they have had the affair? No, right. but you know, um, he also wasn't trying to be the dirtbag as far as I'm not going to tell my wife because I want to have I want to play both sides of the coin. It was more like, oh, God, I don't know how to do how to handle this. Right. You know? Like, what am I doing? This is this is bad anyway. So uh, all that just keep that in the back of your mind, because it does make this story a little bit hard. It's not as it's not as cut and dry. Yeah. Um, in regards to them. So Janair catches on real quick that this affair is going down uh, because Mark has a tendency to, you know, he's in love and he's trying to hide it, but he, but he also really admires this woman he's in love with. So it's one of those things where when he's talking to Janair about his new job, right. He mentions Meredith a lot. He talks he... really positively about her, uh -huh. you know, and Janair's not dumb. She catches on, you know? Yeah. So, but she needs, she wants to confirm her suspicions. So she confirms her suspicions about her husband's cheating by sewing recording devices into Whoa. the lining of his jacket by putting um, trackers on his car, location trackers on Whoa. his car so she can tell where he's driving by um, creating a secret bank account and then using that bank account to hire a company to access his phone so that she can have access Whoa. to his text messages and his, so she, Janair goes off the deep end. Right. Like, and this is where the struggle comes into play. Cause you're like, well, Janair has a right to be angry because her husband is cheating on her. Like, yeah. 
you know, as lovely as you would like to be like, well, they're in love. Well, but he's cheating. So Janera has every right to be upset, but there's a part of that, that I feel like sewing a recording device in the lining of your husband's jacket yeah. is a little extreme and it's going a bit far. But at the same time, her, suspic- her, her suspicions were correct. So is it really going too far? But, and that's the thing, I don't know. I don't know. Like, is any of that admissible in court? Like, you're yeah. spying. You're illegally spying on someone. But is it illegal? I don't know, because you're technically married to them. Yeah. So I, I don't, I feel like if roles were reversed and a woman's husband put recording devices, whether he was suspicious about her or not, yeah. in her car or in her jacket, that would be considered abuse. So I don't know if that is feasible for Janair to be able to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, is this a societal thing where we're like, well, it's wrong for men to do it, but it's okay for women to do it? Or is this an act? Like, I don't know the laws. Yeah. I don't know how this would play out. Needless yeah. to say, she stalks him essentially right. by putting all this stuff in there, hiring this company to access his phone. And she's correct. He's totally cheating on her. He's cheating on her with Meredith. Um, Janair actually goes, and this is where it gets extra creepy. Janair actually go, takes all of this a step further and puts on a costume, like a, a wig and a trench coat and shows up outside what? of where Meredith lives and like cases her place like watches her, like this is straight up place like that old show cheaters oh i don't Did know you I ever watch cheaters oh uh-uh. it was like a horrible late night syndicated show where that stuff would happen and it would be like so you think you're you're so and so is cheating on you and they're like yeah and then they would do surveillance like the show would you know, granted, it's probably all fake. It's reality TV. But then they would have a confrontation and they would, like, send the significant other out in disguise to be at the restaurant or to wait outside the restaurant. Yeah, and so, see, that's where I was getting confused about what I was saying before because you can hire private detectives. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, know what the rules are. I don't know what the rules are. So, yeah, so... Janair, needless to say, is handling this probably in not the healthiest way ever. Um, but she's not wrong in her suspicions because Mark is definitely having this affair with Meredith. Well, and he's probably gaslighting the hell out of her because he's lying and saying he's not. Uh, yeah, um, who knows? Yeah, they actually didn't go into that in the stuff that I read and or saw. Like in, they didn't. Like they they kind of what he was saying about. Yeah, and that was what's weird. And maybe if you get to watch the entirety of the 2020 episode, it would shed more light on this. But from what, you know, I watched about 30 minutes of kind of an overview from the 2020 thing. And uh, and everybody seems to be taking Mark's side pretty, pretty nonchalantly. Interesting. It's usually, exactly. Like, here's the deal. Okay, so I've been trying to tiptoe around this stuff because I don't, I like, I, there's so many ways to offend people in this, in this story that you're just like, I, I don't know what to say. But um, 
Having been traveling across the United States for the better part of four months, I listened to a lot of Dateline like murder show podcasts. Yeah. And every single episode ever since the dawn of time when they started putting these things up, basically it's like anytime that a spouse is murdered and there's things like this going on in the background, the person that they always look to first and foremost and put the most pressure on is the spouse, usually yeah. the husband. So um, the fact that this vibe that I got watching this like 30 minute overview from the 2020 and this art and these articles that I read, and e there's even a police quote in here that I'm going to read in just a minute that like really makes it seem like Mark is off the hook in a big way. Yeah. Like they all seemed very, empathetic to Mark huh. and not so much to Janair, which is strange. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I honestly don't have a horse in this, in this race, so yeah. I don't care either way. It's just interesting because it's so different from what you normally hear about in podcasts or news articles or shows that cover this kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that's I think that's what kind of attracted me to this this story was that it was so not the norm of how these things usually play out. Yeah. So okay, so yes, so Janair is here in her costume, staking out Meredith's apartment. She's got all of this intel on their relationship, on what Mark's doing, all of this stuff. Mark says, uh you know, to the public at this point, after he's questioned about it later, Mark says that the affair actually started innocently enough with Meredith giving him the type of kind of attention and praise that he felt that he never received from Janair. This is a quote from Mark. Right. Here comes, here comes Meredith. She's just telling me such a different story that I'm good at what I do that she said, and I'd never heard this from Janair's lips ever that I'm such a wonderful man. That just made an impression on me. Here's this woman who I think is amazing saying that she thinks that I'm a wonderful man. So it sounds like right. reading between the lines that Mark is probably a pretty starved for attention at home, doesn't really get a ton of respect from his wife. And that now that his wife is in a bad place, there's this other woman who's acknowledging what he's able to do. And that is kind of what is attracting him to her and distancing himself even more yeah. from the wife that he already has. So Janair then confronts Mark because she's got all this evidence on him, obviously. She confronts him and Mark, you know, comes clean about the affair. He doesn't try to hide it. I mean, not that he can because she's got yeah. all this info, but he comes clean about it and um, even begins agreeing to go to therapy with Janair um, some some articles said they went to therapy together. Other places said say that Janair was on going to therapy on her own. Um, some say it was a combination of the two, where she would go to like a couples therapy with Mark and say one thing, but then behind mm -hmm. her own therapist's door, it was like a totally different story, and that's where all the rage would come out. So, either way, they're in therapy potentially together. Him and Janair. Um, in order to work out as amicable a divorce process as possible. Yeah. He wants to get a divorce so that he can be with Meredith. Um, she is, uh, she being Janair, is very fearful because, of course, she can't find a new job at a level that she thinks she deserves. So there is financial 
um, insecurity there, as well as the fact that she is viewing this as he's leaving me for a younger woman. He's basically going into an upgraded model, right? He's leaving me for a younger woman there. Uh, I think Mark and, um, Mark and, um, Meredith are seven years difference, which isn't a huge difference. Yeah. I think it's seven. I'm pretty sure it's seven. Not a huge difference, but you know, younger than Janair. This girl's also, or this girl, this woman is also in marketing. Uh, and she's got a secure job at the University of Delaware. She's doing really well. She's really like she's very Meredith is very popular in mm. the sense that she is she does a lot of work with the community. She does a lot of she's work. She's a liked with person. Politics. She's a very liked person. Even when all of this comes out after her death, um, people people have nothing but wonderful things to say about Meredith. Like you, and that's the thing. Like usually, you hear these shows or these podcasts or these these about these affairs, and when it comes out that the person that everybody thought was a good person was actually having this torrid affair, and they're all like. I'm so shocked and this, that, yeah. and the other thing. You didn't get anything or very little of that with this story. When it comes out that Meredith is having an affair, people are still like, oh man, she was so awesome. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, like, okay, this is so different. So, so yeah. So, um, so where are we here? So, uh, as far as Mark can tell, as bad of a situation as this is, it's as good as it could possibly be, you know, like there were in his mind there, him and Janair are working it out in therapy. They're going to have this amicable divorce. He's assured Janair, like, don't worry about it. I will, I will make sure that we are doing this right by you financially. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. You had to find out about it this way. Uh, he admits fully that it, it was a, he was completely at fault for having this affair. This was a disaster. He could have done this a lot better, but like now that it's done, let's try to make it work out. So everybody can walk away at least feeling a little bit um, vindicated. Yeah. You know, a little bit. So, you know, he's admitting to his wrongdoing. Um, they don't really go into too much about what, um, um, what uh, Meredith, involvement during this time other than just being the other woman is i think she probably it sounds like she stayed away from the whole thing and was just like you take care of you and then when it's taken care of yeah we're good to go because she at the same time don't forget she is still married and her and her husband are now also in the midst of a divorce yeah so despite However, quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes really loosely here, above board approach to the couple's divorce that they are taking. Um, police say that on April 23rd, 2018, Janair donned a wig and took the train bound for Radnor Township, Pennsylvania, where Meredith was living by herself, separated from her husband. Uh, police revealed that on the way, Janair sent her husband a series of texts detailing her plans and how she was going to kill Meredith after sending these texts. Now keep in mind. Oh my gosh. I should, let me back up a little bit. Uh -huh. So Janair is on this train in a costume, te furiously texting her husband, how she's going to kill Meredith. Okay. 
Her husband at this time is at a restaurant in that area where Meredith lives because Janair and him were going to meet up for dinner to discuss their upcoming divorce and how they were going to split things up. Yeah. So he's sitting at a restaurant waiting for his wife to show up to go over the divorce situation. Yeah. When he starts having his phone blow up with all of these, I'm going to kill your girlfriend. Yeah. Text. Um, obviously, after sending the text, Mark's flipping out. And he's getting in his car because he's going to head over to uh, to Meredith's place. Janair manages to get there first. She breaks into Meredith's apartment uh, through the front door by punching in some glass or breaking the glass, however she did it. But she ended up, they make, everybody makes a big point of this glass because I think it's the glass that in the long run, just if, like in the long run, really clears it kind of up for people's emotions in the sense that Meredith breaks the glass to gain access to the house. She then cleans up the glass in order for it to look as if nothing bad had happened to the front door. So it must not have been that bad, but she cleans up any of the glass that's on the porch or on the inside so that it looks like nobody broke in. Yeah. Which proves premeditation. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that proves premeditation, right. but like shows like she was thoughtful. She was thinking this through. She was premeditating. And this is this is the jam. Like she's like very because of this, it seems like this is what causes a lot of people to have a lack of empathy from where Janair's mind was at at right. this time. Um. So, yes. So she breaks into Meredith's residence. Uh, Meredith isn't home. Meredith's actually away. Whether or not uh, Janair knew that, I could not find, but I'm going to assume she did because she's been staking out this apartment. So Mm -hmm. she probably knew the routine. And her entire plan, as far as I could tell from what I read and listened to, was that she did want to be there when, um, when Meredith wasn't home. She wanted to gain access, and she was going to kill her when Meredith got into the house. Gotcha. Which is exactly what happened. So when Meredith enters her place at 7 p.m. that night through the front door, Janair is there with her gun ready and kills her and shoots her kills her right there in the entranceway and then turns the gun on herself and shoots herself. So it's a murder murder suicide. Whoa. Yeah. I did not know that. I actually forgot halfway through that our series was murdered mistresses and I thought partially like, oh, maybe the husband gets killed. And then I realized, oh, no, the series is murdered mistresses. So it is uh, mistresses. The Meredith is killed. I just didn't. Yeah. But I definitely didn't know that she turned the gun on herself. Whoa. And this is and this is one of the, you know, not that I have the stats on this, but, you know, I would consider myself a connoisseur of this kind of content. Yeah. This is one of the rare occasions where you hear about the woman, the wife going and killing the mistress, not the husband did it to cover his tracks or, you know, or her husband did it because he found out there was an affair happening. Like this is pretty rare. Yeah. As far as I am, I'm aware and can tell. So, um, so yes. So, uh, so Janair shoots and kills Meredith as she's coming into the front door of her house. And then turns the gun and shoots herself and kills herself in this murder-suicide. Mark, 
uh, is on his way to this place where Meredith lives. Um, he reveals to police and reporters later that the, that he had actually, this is the whole point of like, he had plans to meet with his wife for dinner that night to talk about their upcoming divorce. Mark said that he was aware that Janair was harboring significant resentment and fear over being left for a younger woman and also being financially insecure, which was why he wanted to go to the therapy to make this as amicable as possible and to assure her like you, we will be as good as we can possibly make it. Yeah. Needless to say, Janair did not show up to dinner that evening, started sending these uh, texts to him and said, instead threatening uh, Michelle, I'm sorry, threatening uh, Meredith, threatening him um, and saying things and texting things such as, you ruined my life. I hope you never find happiness and goodbye, Mark. Um, it comes out in other articles that there's also a 15 page letter that she wrote to Mark that police have never released or I couldn't find it, Yeah, which basically ranted and raved about the whole thing, but also mentioned that her backup plan, Janair's backup plan was that if Mark walked through the door with Meredith that day, she was going to shoot him too. She's going to kill them both and then kill herself. Yeah. But he just happened to not be there. So Mark's getting these texts. You know, all this is going down. Mark's at this restaurant getting these texts. He's concerned, obviously, about Meredith. So he heads to her residence where he actually bumps into police while in the driveway. Um, they question Mark. Mark explains what's happening, uh, shows them the texts and all this stuff, and tells police, my wife might actually be inside. Oof. Police enter the residence and find Mark's wife is inside along with his mistress, Meredith. So he got there while, before the police had, had entered? They were like... I'm assuming so. That's what it looks like from this article. Yeah. It sounds like either he gets there first and they pull in and they are talking in the driveway and he's scared to go in because he knows something bad is yeah. happening. And he basically says, hey, because police get a 911 call and I couldn't find anywhere who actually called 911. Yeah. Was it a neighbor? Was it Mark after getting these texts? And then he's like, I'm going to go head over there anyway. And that way I can meet the police. Like, I don't know how the police are tipped off to show up to Meredith's place, but they are. I'm going to assume it's Mark, like a big assumption, because I literally have no idea. Yeah. I'm going to assume Mark's the one that makes the call after he receives these texts from his wife about Meredith. And then he decides to leave the restaurant and go to the apartment. And when he gets there, cops are like there shortly Oof, yeah. thereafter. He tells them what's going down and says, hey, my wife is probably in there. They go in to check it out and discover that she is, but so is the mistress. And they're both dead in the yeah. entryway. So um, this is, um, so that's so that's the story. Like, yeah. that's what happens. Um, the thing that I said earlier about, it, it's even strange because it seems as if the police are even on Mark's side more than Janair's, um, which is rare usually in cases uh, that have, that aren't necessarily similar to this, but it's just rare in cases where there's like been an affair and there's this right. and the other thing. So a Bill Col Colarulo, Colarulo, 
D-O-L-A-R-U-L-O, who is the super, superintendent of Radnor Township's police department stated, and this is a quote, it's not a love triangle. You had a man who was married that was having an affair with this other woman. So he's not trying to sugarcoat it there, you yeah. know? But this is the one that I was like, whoa, this kind of like threw me a bit. He goes, the wife knew about it. And this was a calculated planned attack. She broke into the house. She was lying in wait and she shot her as soon as she walked in. And then she shot herself. And I don't know, something about reading it tonally, like it's hard, you know, obviously it's the written word. It's hard to tell, but yeah. I just like, it just was so, so matter of fact and so, so, and the fact that he pointed out, like, this is not a love triangle. Like, don't make this a bigger thing than it is. Like, this right. guy's having an affair. She knew about it. And then she, I think it was the word premeditated and planned the attack that to me sticks out as, oh, I don't know if the police really have that much. Like, like they're not trying to paint the wife as a, as a victim at all. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah, like, and I guess that you get articles like this, there's like a little bit, whether they intend to or not, of yeah. this kind of like, well, they were misbehaving, and had they not been misbehaving, this would never have happened. Well, and it's this like, wife uh, wouldn't have felt this way. Yeah. And but instead they're like, nah, she she did it. And she's uh, she planned it and now she's dead. And like, the, like Right. It wasn't like this is the case of a woman pushed too far or this is a, I guess it couldn't be defined as a crime of passion because I think a crime of passion has to specifically be a sudden like you impulse. you kind of lose it temporarily, right? right? This and was, your emotions take over. Yeah, I guess this was by definition premeditated, but um, it's like the opposite of that Frank Lloyd Wright tabloid that said, you know, um, unlawful living meets an unlawful end. Like back then yeah. they were like, well, everyone involved deserved it because everyone was had cheating on people but in this you, there yeah there's not and it's hard because you yeah it's difficult you have to have i have sympathy for the woman but i also have sympathy for the victim obviously mm -hmm. murder is never an answer and it wasn't the answer in this case for sure but yeah it's weird to be so cold about it when it's it's more convoluted i mean it's more complex than premeditated murder it's premeditated murder because you felt your life being torn apart from you and felt betrayed and anger i mean there's a lot of other things going on she wasn't just a psychopath that snuck into someone's house because she wanted to see what killing someone felt like there's <laughs> yeah. a lot going on oh my god Dude. well, well there's, think... there, there are cases like that you know yeah no totally yeah so here's the thing that kind of uh, stood out to me really quickly, like total side note while I was reading these articles is that did it made me wonder, did Janair send Mark to this restaurant in the area where Meredith lived on purpose? Like, remember, she showed up in a costume, in a wig and yeah. a trench coat. Like, why would she do that? Was she trying to like make it seem like he was the murderer and he killed both the women in some sort of weird confrontational rage situation. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Want him to be the one that found them both knowing that he right. was in a near, he was close enough that if he wanted to come over to her place, 
he would have been able to do so. And either Meredith would have had the chance to shoot him like she had planned, or she would be dead and he would find them both and he would be accused yeah. of it or just feel guilty enough that like it would ruin his life. I know. And I'm I, wondering if that's what was in that 15 page letter that she right. wrote him that that police haven't um, made public. I do wonder at what point did it become a murder suicide in her mind? At what point in the premeditation? And, you know, like there were backup plans. Were there other backup plans like you mm -hmm. mentioned that she was going to try to frame him? Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like all of those things are possible, though. Or, yeah, like she was trying to frame him and she kills Meredith as Meredith walks through the door. She realizes finally what she's actually done and like all yeah, her plans aren't really right. going to pan out for her. She will be caught. And that's when it becomes a suicide. Totally. Suicide. Totally. I think the thing that stuck out to me or what intrigued me about this particular case is um, is the fact that it was the w wife that was the murderer. Yeah. Um which is pretty, as far as I'm aware, pretty rare uh, that, and it also the fact, and they kind of glossed over this and you didn't, and it, like I read like probably about three or four articles on this because they were so vague because they were mostly just, like I said before, they were mostly just um, um, advertisements you know, to tune into the 2020 show. Yeah, yeah. But this, there was one or two that did do a deeper dive and they mentioned the fact that um, Janera was concerned over the fact that she was losing her husband to this younger woman. But then they kind of glossed over, and I think this does a disservice to, to, to Janera, uh, they glossed over like the additional concerns that would push somebody that far. And instead she just kind of still became the like yeah. worded wife, you know, like all concerned about her age. And it was like, well, that's one of a myriad of issues. Like, totally. yes, of course the age was, I guess a thing, but also the fact that she was in her mind. And this is making big assumptions on my part. Cause who knows what she was actually thinking, but but, you know, here's this 40-something woman who uh, was su a successful marketer mm -hmm. and now can't find work. And she got fired. And she wasn't fired that long ago. Like, I think it was only over the course of a couple of years, like two years tops, I think, yeah. from when she lost her job to when this affair started taking place to where she when she killed um, the mistress. Yeah. But, like, here's this woman this younger woman who's ev who's embodying everything that she yeah. uh, used to be, was, wants to be still, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and she probably had issues about like having her husband leave to take this job in the first place, totally. you know, all of this stuff. They've been married for a long time. And listen, that takes a toll on you too. Yeah. Like it's hard to live together. Like all of these things that they kind of just glossed over and instead focused on the fact that she was just a younger woman. And right. I'm like, no, you don't like there's a lot more. Yeah. Like you said, going on here than just she's concerned that 
her husband's found a younger model. Well, and I can't it's like, no, she actually embodies everything you want to be and what yeah. you were. And now your husband's hooking up with her and finding this brand. Like he gets to, to live his youth over again, part two. Yeah. And, and, in her and what mind, are you like, left with? What is she going to be left right. with? Yeah. And and what did you say? It was 24 years of marriage? 20-something years of I marriage. Mean, that's, uh, yeah. That's, that's a lifetime. And that's the thing. For the person who's clocked out and ready to move on, they've been mentally preparing to move on for probably years. So it's not a shock to his system to think of a world without Janair as his wife but it's a shock well, to her system honestly, to think of a world where he's not her husband I honestly don't know it makes it sound like they were both kind of headed like down for divorce no it actually makes it sound like they were both like just in their in their like they were just both in it like this was just their life and they had their yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Not um, habits. Routine. But um, routine. Yeah. Like they they had a routine. This was their routine, and then out of nowhere, he finds somebody who makes him want to change his routine. Right. Right. And she's not ready to change. Like I don't think necessarily that had he not met Meredith when he did. I am not getting the impression that he would have chosen to divorce Janair gotcha. anytime soon. Like, I don't think they were headed for divorce and then he met Meredith and then that just spurred it on even faster. I think they were just in their routine. This is the way that life was. This was the way that life was going to be. Yeah. This is what they're used to. And these are their plans. And then he meets Meredith and his plans change. Gotcha. And Janair's do not. And she's fucking pissed. Totally. Um, mm -hmm. and I would say also, and maybe this is, you know, of course, you know, having complained about media earlier, this could very well be the way that the media um, portrayed it. But I would say a lot of that concern from Meredith was mostly grounded in financial insecurity than actual, probably sadness or anger over the fact that the marriage no longer was functional lovable or functional yeah. or whatever gotcha. like it it sounds like um because she's actually quoted and i had it written down but i can't find it right now she's actually quoted uh she actually gets recorded on her own recording device that the police then mm. use and they use it in the 2020 um montage oh wow and she janair is heard saying a, a lot about how they screwed up his affair has screwed up their finances and he has not thought this through and he's oh wow over financially she's like she's very concerned about the finances gotcha so you know it could have just been like she could have been who knows yeah who knows it could have just been the thing that the recording caught that day but right. i don't know i i actually really want to see the entire show and i'm probably gonna watch it on hulu right after this yeah. because i i the only reason i didn't watch it before we talked about this podcast today was because i did not even know this existed until i started doing research and we had the podcast tonight yeah. and then i was like oh crap I, I need to watch this yeah i will too but um yeah so that's it interesting that's, that's the story was... of uh of a a, a somewhat not really love triangle, love triangle. Yeah. A murder, murder, suicide, where the murderer was actually the wife. Not what I was expecting. 
Not what I expected either. That's a good end to Mary Murdered Mistress Month. I can't even believe it's... Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's that's the uh, that's the end of Murdered Mistresses Month. Wow. Here on the Untold Hour, I, I that one in particular really captured me because it's very uh, very rare as as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, to have it be the wife that actually kills the mistress and not totally. not the husband or a boyfriend or something else. Gosh. Well, I guess on that merry note, I can do our NPR <laughs> sign off. Yes. Speaking of, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, and I'm over NPR. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we will have to rename it. Nah, that's fine. Uh, NPR works. <laughs> well, this has been Jessica Chobot and Andrew Bowser, and you've been listening to the Untold Hour. Bye. Bye. Untoldians, that is it for this episode of the Untold Hour. Thank you for joining us on this weird and wild ride into the bazaar. If you are interested in sharing your own story of the weird, send us your listener stories to the Untold Hour Pod at gmail.com. Come join the Untold Hour Convo over on my Discord server and our Facebook group. And you can follow us on our socials, Instagram at the Untold Hour and at Untold Hour Pod on Twitter. Starbands Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.